as we've mentioned numerous times during this show, when the pain is greater than your fear, your fear of changing, your fear of what people think about you, when your pain is greater than your fear, you are ready to change. You're ready to do whatever it takes to get well, to be healed, to be restored, anything. You're ready. And also, everything you've ever wanted in your life is on the other side of fear. Everything. And I just encourage you, I get, uh, as I mentioned, Psalm 107, when you cry out for help, when you cry out to God for help, oh, he hears you. And it says he heard, the, heard your cry and he's going to snap your chains. So instead of doing it alone, instead of being isolated, instead of not wanting to share, you want to keep hiding instead of healing. When the pain's greater than your fear, you will be ready. Cry out because he's standing by to set you free. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, come on in. It's time for us to get some inspiration, some motivation. Let's get something that when we know life's something kicks in the teeth, we can turn it all around and still have a good life. May not be that perfect life you thought you was ever going to have at the beginning, but we know that when life comes around and it comes around and it comes around, and the dimension that comes around. All right, so take a little piece of something that you can learn that's going to help you get through that a little easier and still have a great life. All right, today, our guest, this is going to hit me pretty good. All right, I mentioned about my brother that uh, has died uh, two weeks before his 38th uh, birthday from uh, alcoholism. And so this guy here, he had... Um, they said, live the high life. Okay. He worked with a business that was owned by one of the biggest cocaine dealers on the East coast. He partied with musicians and professional athletes while self-medicating on drugs and alcohol. He has found his way recovered. And now his mission is to help other people recover and have the best life possible. Welcome to the show, Craig Brown. James, thank you for having me. Hey, man, great, this is awesome. Great to be author, with you. Author of the book, Stop Hiding, Start Healing. Okay, let me put yes, sir. another one here. It's discover how to be set free from the pain and shame of your past so that you can live a life of freedom, meaning, and purpose. Exactly. Yeah, Craig, I'm glad you're here. Again, this is going to hit dear to me because, uh, again, with the alcoholism, my brother, not to say I've never taken a drink before, okay? Right. But I was, I don't know, hard enough, blessed enough, whatever, that I uh, really, I did become an alcoholic, okay? Uh, right. um, and I, I don't know what the true term of alcoholism is now, but, yeah. you know, I, I can go 20 years without a drink, and then I can say, hey, let me take a drink, and then, yeah, uh, so... Uh, and I'm not, and and I know some people, I, uh, I, I ride the line and I'm not trying to judge people for what their alcoholism is. I just know from my experience, my brother, the way he, you know, died and stuff. And I I know I sound harsh, but I'm not trying to do that to people. Uh, we all each have our each and own thing. Uh, but again, when it's controlling your life so bad that it's going to kill you. Right. You need to make a change. Right. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And that's uh, that's the first chapter of my book. When the pain is greater than your fear, you're ready to change. And alcohol, drug use, uh, failed marriage, challenges in relationships, challenges with health, challenges in finances, challenges, whatever they are, you will never change until the pain is greater than your fear. And that is something that uh, happened in my own life. And over the last two decades of serving others uh, in Christ Center Recovery, uh, what I observe, what I have observed in thousands of lives. And when people finally get to the point 
where they can't take it anymore, finally get to the point where they are in that what I call desperation moment, uh, they have a choice. Continue on the same path or you know, get over your fear of changing. And when they do the latter, miracles happen. Happen to my life, miracles happen. But you mentioned alcohol. You know, people don't just wake up in the morning and say, you know, hey, I think today's the day I'm going to start drinking. Mm -hmm. It sounds very simple, James. It sounds really simple. But you know why we, we smoke dope or drink or do drugs or whatever? Because we wanted to fit in. We well, it, I, I, I'm like you, want to fit in, but also it's to hide from whatever we're discomfort with, too, isn't it? Well, that's where it began. Yeah, it began as a, as I just want to fit in. I'm going to the frat party, going to that party, going after the game, going to this. Law firms celebrate with these big when they have these big wins. They bring out the champagne, and you know, I mean, it's you want to fit in. And a lot of people just don't have the self-discipline or self-control to say no. Why? Because at a very early age, we didn't have, we had very little self-discipline or self-control and we just wanted to give in. We just wanted to fit in. Mm -hmm. Then, right, it becomes a habit. And then as a result of that habit, you have created, a, you know, an enormous amount of pain issues in your life that affects everything, your relationships, your self-esteem your perseverance, your motivation. And therefore you, you medicate that pain on a regular basis and you can go from one thing to another, but alcohol, drugs, pornography, anger, food, we choose a symptom, something on the surface to medicate what's a deep rooted pain, shame, guilt, failure. And it becomes uh, wreaks havoc, wreaks havoc in people's lives. It did mine until I was finally set free. But then, you know, I've seen, again, miracle after miracle after miracle happen in people's lives when they stop hiding the pain and they start healing. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, before we go any further, you, you said the magic word. You said perseverance. So let me get over here and give you a fist bump. Oh, nice. So told you oh. I got new toys I'm playing with. So uh, Yeah, I see uh, that. Yeah, back at you. Fist bump. That's good. What the new uh, the new COVID handshake? How did uh, again? You were talking about um, yeah, fitting in, especially in the, uh, when you're in the high school and middle school, oh, yeah. or junior age. You definitely want to uh, fit in with your peer group. Yeah, and you do. The uh, peer pressure definitely kicks in. Yeah, it does. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I'm talking about everything. You you know whether it's glee club, whether it's uh, chorus, whether it's band, whether it's athletics, whether it's, you know, Spanish club or, you know, in our very young, uh, early years, we were so impressionable, so impressionable. And at a very early age, we developed all these coping mechanisms to deal with whatever's going on in the home. You know, how do we deal with pain, shame, guilt, abandonment, hurt, you know, uh, we do, we were just pliable and we we're developing all these different coping mechanisms to deal with all that. Right. So, but one thing that did not develop until later on was that, uh, self-discipline and self-control and, um, you know, and as a result of that, we were just, it was just too easy to go, you know, to the party or to go to here and there and people were, you know, Hey, try this. Oh, okay. And, that's, it's really, again, you know, you want to fit in and be a part of that group, you know, because back then you're trying to develop your identity, man. Uh, James, I have served hundreds of people that had yet to really understand their true identity. Now, as a, as a, you know, recovery pastor, my identity is in Christ. My identity is I am a man of God first who happens to have struggled with certain issues in my life. And James, you'll never hear me ever uh, address anybody as an addict or uh, alcoholic or because that those are labels mm -hmm. and they're labels of shame. I mean, if you're trying to set yourself free from an addiction, the last thing you should be doing is stepping up in a meeting and saying, hi, I'm something I'm trying to break free from. And the difference between recovery and Christ-centered recovery is your identity is a as a child of God. 
And yes, you happen to have some struggles. We all do. Go through the Bible and look at all the defected people that we read about now who overcame and who persevered and who worked through their issues. All of them, murderers, you know, uh, those that struggle with depression, those that had an affair, David had an affair of all things. Come on. And these were people that were able to overcome all that. And they, you know, they came out of hiding and began healing. And so it's, it was the same then, and it's the same now. And, you know, it's just your identity, again, as a youth, man, we're trying to figure out who we are. And you see the color of my hair. I'm still trying to figure out. I'm still working on my identity and wanting to grow, wanting to change, wanting to be better in every facet of my life as a caregiver, people helper, husband, dad, you know, speaker, author, whatever. Yeah, we are, we wear these multiple hats that yeah. uh, we we need to become. And, and again, I, I've mentioned, I've talked before that, you know, our purpose, our missions, or who we're identity is at that time could be thrown on to us from someone else. Yes. Uh, I mean, for my for my my example is is I was playing an endless game of football and a guy hit me after the play was over with, broke my neck and spinal cord injury. And oh. so, uh, or it could be a, a, a someone driving drunk hits a family going to church. Exactly. And so yeah, because so so just because we have a certain life that we're enjoying and everything doesn't yeah. mean we don't find a new mission or new identity brought to us right. or, or we just decide to want to, you know, maybe we saw a family member go through cancer. Now we want to do something yes, to help exactly. out the cancer society and raise money and whatever it is. Yes. So yes. we have multiple hats and whatever we are today may not be that uh, next year. Well, there's a silver lining in every tragedy. You know, there's a silver lining. Now, for me, uh, you know, from my perspective, you know, uh, Jesus is a silver lining mm-hmm. in, in every single hurt or tragedy, as you just mentioned. You know, there is. Uh, and I know it's hard. I Oh, my goodness. I so empathize with, for, and I know for you, September 11th, 1983. I mean, what an amazing turning point in your life. Oh, I can't even, I, you know, I can't grasp that. And you and I have certainly heard from enough people, seen enough stories, and uh, been uh, had the privilege of talking to a number of different people who've gone through tragedies. And it's the ones that use that to, you know, to move them into a different mission or purpose, as you mentioned. Or, you know, uh, so God never, you know, the saying is God never wastes a hurt, and He doesn't. But the, but you have a choice though. You know, you have a choice when that tragedy happens and one can either go into deep depression and use drugs or medicate and, you know, go that direction. Or, no, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to use this in another area of my life or a new venture in my life. Well, and even if they go into the deep depression and everything, hopefully yes. they seek the counseling, they find and they get out of it. Okay. And right. then they discovered their new purpose or whatever we're going to do. Um, right. I mean, the deep depression. I was in a depression for five years, first five years being injured, poor, pitiful me and everything like that. I bet, um, yeah. And I went to 18 different rehabs trying to find that cure to walk. Wow. And finally, wow. finally, when I really accepted what's going on here, that's when I was able to start healing and move mm-hmm. forward and, yeah. and, and there. Yeah. Well, that you accept. That's a big word. I accepted it. Yeah. And, so, you know, instead of fighting it, you, you got to that point and it took you a while to get there. It takes all of us. And you know, like while. you said a minute ago, um, when you're, when the pain gets is greater than your fear. Yeah. And then it's time to move. Yeah. Time to change and move on. And I was tired of the not improving, not doing, it was time for us to move on. And I tell, uh, here recently that um not that i lied to people but it, i mean it turned out being a lie but i didn't mean to but after <laughs> the first five years in the 18th rehab i told my family i said not that i'm gonna try not that i'm giving up trying to walk again 
but if I'm going to have some type of life, I need to go back to college and stuff and, and, and get a better education to have a good life uh, yeah. and from here. And again, at that time, I wouldn't lie. I said, we just put it on the back burner. But honestly, since then, I've never been to a rehab to work on walking. It's been to build my arms up or other strengths or trying to transfer or whatever. But at that time, I think it was something my family and I need to hear yes. for us to move on. Yeah, true. So Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And so the same thing. Here's one, here's one thing that I don't understand. And again, I try not to be critical, but I know I get hard when I say it and people may get mad at me. But, you know, I've gone to other people, uh, again, like my younger brother uh, with his drinking problem and uh, and told this other guy one time, I was talking to him just a few months ago and he was going, all, I'm, not, I'm just hurting myself. I'm not hurting no one else. And I said, hold on, buddy. I said, you don't think your loved ones are not hurt watching yeah. you do what you're doing? Yep. And, you know, your people that your friends that want you to do better and recover and have a better life, you don't think they're not hurting for you. Yeah. And then it's to, he started thinking yeah. about that. And so that's one thing I don't understand is when people I understand the addiction once yeah. they get trapped into it. Right. But to think that they're the only ones going through it, and no one else. Um, and, and that may just be. um what you call um oh she what is it called uh oh what is what would you call it uh denial that they're just in denial from everything and oh, totally yeah. totally no it's um uh when someone is struggling with an addiction it's a very selfish selfish uh situation it's a very selfish experience they no one's thinking about anybody else but themselves. They're blaming everybody else but themselves. And they don't, you know, it's a, it's until the day of epiphany when they finally realize they better make a decision to change when they take responsibility, tell the truth, and are honest with themselves, God, and somebody else and begin the process of healing and restoration and recovery. It's a very, listen, people that are struggling in that way, well, picture this, as you mentioned, picture that placid lake. Now, you take that nice-sized rock and you throw that rock in that lake. The person, the rock is the person struggling with the addiction. Hits the water, and every ring represents family member relationship in that person's life. So you're absolutely right. And the people on the outside looking in, uh, they feel helpless. You know, they, uh, I, I, I have, I I write about it in the book, but I, you know, families, they're at a loss, you know, they don't know whether to add pressure. Um, uh, if they don't know how, you know, to love, tough love, um, you know, consequences, uh, what, you know, it's very hard, but the person involved, you know, that, that is the outlook. A lot of people have, you know, because they, they want sympathy and they can't understand getting empathy. And there's a big difference yeah. between both of those. Because they want, oh, you poor thing, blah blah blah. Here's more money. We have, um, I've got family members that are that struggle, and they try to manipulate, get money, and they have kids and everything else, and you know, and uh, it's but that but their sole purpose is they're they're myopic in their own life and their own misery, but you know they they don't know the effect it's having on others and especially parents. Oh, so difficult for parents. Well, I think uh, just you, you mentioned it a minute ago. It's not that they don't know. They're so addictive and so selfish with themselves. They're not really caring. Well, they. And, uh, and again, they form this <laughs> denial. Uh, oh, blinders. It is. It is. They did blinders on. Uh, so they don't want to know how it's affecting what else. They just want to keep it to themselves. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, they want it. I. Yeah, I talk about it um, in the book about the secret struggle, and they do. They want to, you know, they want to keep it secret from as many people as they can. But all the people around them know something. Exactly, up. exactly. But, bibli but biblically, we're instructed to go and help restore that person, and that's essentially what I've, you know, what I've been doing for quite a few years. And 
Um, but you have to want the help. You have to be at a place where yeah, you're ready yes. to make changes. I mean, I've, I've been in uh, uh, more than one intervention where, you know, uh, the person immediately stormed out of the room or one stayed long enough to hear from the family members. Uh, there were some that were success successful, some that were not. Um, but it's all, it's, uh, it's up to the pain level in that person's life. And, you know, it's amazing of the average number of confrontations in a person's life until they finally go to get help, I think is an, on average of like 57. I was reading in some literature, uh, 57 times someone was uh, approached about, you know, their mm -hmm. struggle. And, you know, some get it, some don't. Uh, yeah. But when the pain's greater than the fear, trust me. We we talked uh, right before we got started here, and I got this friend that's known over 40 years and struggling with addiction and everything. And um, he was uh, incarcerated uh, from from his his uh, deeds from when he would get high or drunk. And um, one of the programs they wanted to do was AA through there. And he'd already been through AA before and some other stuff. But he he did this. And like you said, until they're ready for the change, there's nothing much you can do with it. And yeah. he went to go meet with the, the counselor there. And they started talking. And he told him, he said, and he told me, he said, I told him, that until I get it into my head to want to change, there's nothing you can say and do. And he right. said that they told him, you know, you're right. You don't have to come back until you're ready. Yeah. And, 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 and he eventually did get some, uh, seek some help. He went uh, drive for a while, uh, long, yeah. about five years. Yeah. Uh, and he did, did all right. And but then he got back into it, but, but yeah, he, uh, yeah, until you're ready, like the pain is ready for the, it's, there's nothing you can really say. No, uh, no. You, you just go in and plant the seeds and show so them, do. and show them the love that you still have for them. Yeah. No, so. you. It is. It's really you know, and it, that's the hardest part. Hardest part for people on the outside is watching the. It's almost like watching that. You know that person, and you just live a life of just a total destruction and and every facet, and it's very difficult. Extremely difficult. And, but for those in the, uh, that are of faith, you've got to hand that over. And there's someone far more powerful that can handle these situations. A lot of people forget that God can do miracles in an instant and work in people's lives. And I, it's happened in my life. And that's why I want to share the encouragement with others that, you know, he has the wherewithal to snap chains in that purpose, person's life and set them free. Uh, Amen, that, brother. That's available to everybody. Amen, brother. Hey, you mentioned er, uh, earlier about the shine, the the silver lining. Yes. And so I, well, I, yeah, I, I told other people when you when you see the light at the end of the tunnel and you know it's not a train coming. Yeah, it ain't it, no. It's not a train, man. Yeah, it's so, not a train. No, author of the book no. "Stop Hiding, Start Healing," Craig Brown on here again. I'm going to, have to give me a copy of this. Uh, Absolutely. Get you a copy Absolutely. of this and I'm going to grab me a copy. So Absolutely. Yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned earlier uh, about uh, the condition of the person uh what a lot of people don't um uh, uh understand is that when a person is is in the midst of their addiction their their emotional growth stopped completely. You see, there are four quadrants mm. in our life that we deal with, and that is emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Big four. Every mm. single one of those are specifically designed for us to be successful in our life, you know, in every facet of our life. But the person that's dealing with life, major life struggles, they shut down emotionally. And what, I, what uh, Christ Center Recovery is specifically designed to do it's to dig up those emotions that have been suppressed forever and to help re-engage and get the emotional um, growth going again in one's life. Now, you and I, uh, have you ever been in a situation where that uh, older person acts like a total kid? Well, why? Who's, who's immersed in addiction or drinking or whatever? They're, they're, they, they act like kids because they're, they're, you know, they're, they're emotionally 
you know, there's been death emotionally and they don't, you know, and even mentally and uh, especially spiritually and physically, but they don't know how to, you know, operate, you know, the, as an adult, you know, and grow up. A lot of childishness in, in, in life struggles, especially addiction, a lot of childishness. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, glad again that uh, talking with you and and really enjoy the other people that's come through here, you know, telling their stories and how they've overcome and uh, to help the next person ahead. And I'm a big believer in the, we should all be serving somebody, so our fellow oh. man, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're on this big ball of dirt, dirt here, not just to be selfish and play for ourselves, but to help the next person get it through their struggles so they can move forward. Cause I know there's going to be a time again later in my life, maybe tomorrow, who knows that I'm going to need help. And I hope someone's there too. And even if it's pushed on, I'm not pushed on. If I selfishly start something that's hurting me, I hope someone loves me enough to kick me in the pants right. and confront me right. to get back to where I needed to be. Well, that's the beautiful thing about recovery, and especially Christ-centered recovery in the church. It's supposed to be a place of 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 good, sound accountability. I mean, we need that in our life. We need we need the we need those trusted, safe people in our life, and that's a that's a big reason why people don't want to change, or or fear changing, because they don't have the right people around them. You know. Uh, meaning people that have been to the Valley and back and they're there in that circle, you know, in that small group where they're getting help, encouragement, love, support, prayer, accountability, relationship, uh, where there's trust and safety there's it's there. And a lot of people are, are scared to death about walking into that environment. But once they do, you know, they finally they're accepted. They're loved unconditionally. They realize, Oh gosh, other people struggle with this too. You know, a lot of people, especially with COVID, they isolate. I mean, if they isolated before COVID, oh, oh yeah, did they ever isolate in COVID? Yeah. And on the heels of this, man, we have seen so, so much uh, havoc in people's lives that are struggling with isolation still, because it's a uh, you know it's one of those um, it's one of those things. Isolation is very dangerous. How long have you been uh, working with your program to help other people? Uh, 20, over 23 years now. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. And I've uh, been, I, I was set free 37 years ago. 37. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. I'm glad. I mean, I'm proud to, I'm glad you found your way and everything like it. Uh, again, I keep harping with my brother and other guy, cause that's all I know. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad that, you're not down their road. So what I've witnessed. And so yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's, it, and I'm glad I get out there helping the next person that, that's, um, man, that's what God like to me. So yeah. it's God like to me to, again, to help. A, I, I, I just get overwhelmed, you know, with my, I just knowing we're helping the next person coming. And yeah. here's the beauty of it all again is, uh, there's a lot of times we don't know when we're helping someone and we'll never know. I know. And only heaven just, knows. Exactly. Only we plant heaven. the little seeds, we let it right. grow and other people come in and do their part as well. And right. so, yeah, that's right. Only heaven knows, you know, how, how long is your uh, program? It's, it's, of course, I'm assuming, assuming some, somehow in some way fashion, it's a, uh, a life learning, life continuing program. Oh, because always. again, yeah, because again, if you uh, slip up too many times, you're back to where you, so you've got to stay conscious of where you're at. Oh, you always. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm a big, uh, I, I'm a firm believer in self-awareness, developing self-awareness. Well, you see, James, it's interesting. We've been given this beautiful life and, and it's a gift, right? And so many times people put in so much effort in everything else but themselves. Everything else but themselves. And that's why I'm saying, how am I doing emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually in those four areas of my life? And that's what Christ-centered recovery helps people do, understand, 
and learn about them. You see, a lot of people get into recovery because of a failed marriage or they're being, you know, threatened with whatever, uh, you know, and they, the, the individual uh, feels as if, oh, I have to do this in order to save this or heal that or this relationship. I got to do it for them. No. Oh, no, 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 no. You got to do it for yourself. Learn about you. You see, in order for a marriage to heal, if you got two broken people, those two broken people better go work on their own brokenness first mm -hmm. and then work on all the components of marriage. So far, far too often people, you know, uh, you know, get into, and I'm sure there's, and I know there's really good programs and they're really good resources, but they get into marriage trying to reconcile, you know, reconciliation and marriage and communication and all that. But if you got broken people, man, each individual has to work on their path. One can't do it for the other. They can support love and love unconditionally each other, but they have to be on their, his brokenness could be far different from hers. Yes, exactly. And every person, we all have, our fingerprints are, and this, uh, they're our own. So we're, we were made wonderfully made as a masterpiece in his image. So learn about you. He wants nothing more for us to uh, dis discover me and learn what makes, how do I deal with anger? How do I deal with jealousy? How do I deal with temptation? How do I deal with triggers? Why do I do this? Every time that this happens, why do I get defensive? Why do I get depressed? You know, so Christ Center Recovery is all about learning about us and developing self awareness. You should be able to love yourself enough that you want to be, and, and some people may say you're being selfish by doing for yourself, oh, but no, 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 no you've no. got, again, I, I, I tell the just a simple thing that you need to get enough rest and sleep and to be better prepared. So, because if you don't take care of your health, whether it's in recovery, whatever it is, you don't take care of your health. You can't do anything to help the next person. You know why people struggle loving others? They don't love, they don't love themselves. They have a yeah, hard time with their, their own self. You listen. And when you get a hold of God's love, <laughs> I mean, you know, and forgiveness and, you know, grace and mercy. I mean, it's, but I see, I, I see it all the time. Uh, you know, I, I was with a couple um, this past year and we were, they were having some difficulties or whatever. And uh, I just felt prompted to ask the husband, I said, do you love yourself? And he just started bawling oh, and God. crying his eyes out. And it was a just a a, a defining moment and a pre, and a real sweet moment, uh, be, and it, and it unleashed. It allowed. He was asked the question probably for the first time in his entire life, and he it, it just took him on a different tra tra trajectory. There you, you know, in that um, he's like, no wonder I struggle. No wonder I struggle loving my wife when I. I, I'm having difficulty loving myself because of what I've done in my life, what I've done in my marriage, what I've done in relationships, what I've done with my kids and people. That's where the shame comes in. We haven't even touched on that yet, but shame comes from the pit of hell and the devil wants nothing more than for us to be in bondage to that shame. And that's exactly why we hide rather than heal because churches are full of people that are in bondage to shame and they would rather suffer and struggle without telling anybody and hide instead of heal. And that happened in this couple's life. I've seen it happen in so many others lives, you know, where they are set free. They're set free from shame. They're set free from that guilt and that pain of the past. They begin to love themselves and ultimately others. Yeah, it's amazing how Satan, boy, he he doesn't hesitate none whatsoever to throw it right back in your face, and then you're questioning, "I'm not good enough. I did this, I oh. did that." And then you mentioned earlier, and I'm really big on this that um, we've got to learn to forgive, 
And it's not just forgive whoever we felt may have harmed us, hurt us, but we need to forgive ourselves. Oh, yeah. We did something 40 years ago. Yeah. Forgive it. it it Yeah, you learned from it 40 minutes ago. If it's not putting you in jail, let's go forgive and move on. Okay. Even if you go to jail, you can still forgive yourself, move forward, have the best life possible uh, from there. So, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, really big on the forgiveness. Yeah, there's. I say that often. That is, uh, the person that has the, the person or persons that have the most control over you is the person you've never been able to forgive. And people oh, wow, struggle with good. that. All, I like that. People struggle with that all their life, you know. And that's yeah. the beautiful thing. And that is, once you enter into a safe, trusted environment to be able to heal, and uh, where you're able to talk about that person you're able to bring that person up you do an inventory through your the steps of your recovery and instead of hiding it you finally get to the place where you realize that you were forgiven by the cross and the instruction is you are to forgive others and be able to forgive others and i mentioned earlier how do you love others when you can't love yourself but how how can you forgive others when you don't forgive yourself you got to be able to do that both in order to be successful emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. I'm just amazed what's going on here with you. <laughs> um, I'm just so proud of everything. I'm just glad we met through brother yes. Phil. Yes. So Phil's a good one again. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure what to even ask now because, uh, you're hitting stuff that I that I like to talk about with all this again forgiveness, moving on, uh, persevering. Man, yes, you've got it all. You got it all going on with me uh, here. So, well, that's good. We're um, uh, that, that's two brothers being put together to have a good talk in the afternoon. That's good. That's so, what it's all about. There's nothing. Yeah. What you? This is what is most important in life. It truly is to be able to break it down and you offering a platform for others to tune in, to listen, to watch, to, to it's hopefully, as you mentioned earlier, plant a seed and no matter with every one of your shows and with every opportunity I have or privilege to be with other people, my prayer is Lord, let something I say or something you do through me, you know, uh, impact that heart some way, shape or form where um, where it prompts them to be able to move forward, you know, to stop hiding and start healing. Because it's, it's happening everywhere in our society. Um, it's not just churches, not just people struggling. What everybody is, you know, hides from things. And, you know, uh, and the good news is there's a healer out there that is ready to set them free, for sure. Yeah, I like the... Uh title of your book in the uh, cover it's a uh, very just simple and direct but it, yeah i think it's powerful the especially you're you. just saying the uh, stop hiding people want to hide what's going on and everything and yeah. to start uh, the healing and yes. so i'd mentioned earlier about the uh my acceptance and everything i teach people the uh, abcs uh, a if you can accept your adversity Yes. B, begin your battling. That's, uh, you know, finding mentor coaches, a minister, somebody has yeah. been through what you've gone through, an organization that can help you get through. And then C, now let's uh, conquer the challenge. That's right. So that's right. That's a, I was going to say, a, it's nothing, nothing, nothing outlandish. Just keep it, uh, they'll keep it simple, stupid thing. <laughs> You know, ABC, <laughs> like yours, is stop hiding, start healing. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, yes, yeah, interesting. I've gotten a number. Uh, when I was at a convention, I had a booth. Actually, you can see my shameless self promotion behind me. But no, you're doing my, great. This is my booth, my booth stuff. But people would walk by and they'd see the uh, title and they'd be like, oh, really? <laughs> oh boy, uh, do oh. I have to? Do I have to stop? <laughs> Yeah, it prompted yeah, 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 exactly. You know, yeah, because they they're they're not ready at this time, right? So and it does it it triggers, and I we haven't even talked about triggers yet, but uh, it it triggers something, 
you know, it, it, and that was the point of it. Uh, when, when I was inspired to write the book and the Lord was like, okay, listen, you got two, two decades you give of what I've been giving you now. Let's put it down on paper. That title came instantly uh, because it's something I, I've, I did. And it's something I, I've observed so many people do. And especially the best place to go to hide is churches. But that's, a, that's in the book as well. But, um, you know, uh, we do. It, uh, well, you go, you go to church because that's the normal thing most people are doing. Okay, yeah. and so you can hide in there and yeah. still keep your secret, and, oh, oh, and you look and you look as normal as possible to everybody else. Everybody, we all try to look good in church. Let's face it. Okay, we do try to look good, but when God created the church, He created it for healing. He created the church. And then some churches do it well, some churches don't, okay? Um, you know, the church is going through some major transformations all across the country. You know, um, I think Barna said that um, close to 50% of pastors want to quit. Um, you know, it's just different. The church is really going through some some interesting changes. So you, you have to find a church where the gospel is being preached, first and foremost, where the where God has the heart of that pastor locked up, locked up, and where it's biblical and preaching right from that Bible, not deviating at all. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's they that should be the norm, but you know, you have to be very discerning when you go to these places. Um, but you know, I've just I've been behind the scenes, I've been serving uh for all these years, and uh all I know is you know. Uh, offering an environment that is safe, trusting, caring, welcoming, loving, you know, for people to heal. That's first and foremost. And I would, I would think, uh, especially being non judgmental on them. Um, oh, yeah, you know, because, yeah. because again, they're worried what people are thinking. Always. And, and yeah, instead of just, and I know it's easier said than done. Okay. Because uh, again, I'm, I'm I'm not addicted to this stuff. Uh, I'm addicted right. to other things. I told you, banana splits. Uh, oh, but but uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. but uh, that's that's it. People they they've got to get over the being ashamed, the embarrassment it's hard. to seek that help. And again, when the pain is greater, then right. it's time time for them to uh, recognize the change. But the condemnation that they. Yeah. That 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 we anyone can um, you know bring on themselves. Listen, it's tough enough out there. You know, it is tough enough out there to for us to you know con and that. But that's what happens over and over and over again with people that struggle with life struggles. And when they fail, when they make a mistake, when they slip, when they do whatever, it's the condemnation, and that and the enemy just thrives on that thrives on that and you mentioned being non-judgmental of course not the church you there should be none not one ounce of that in any church and anywhere and unfortunately guess what churches are full of imperfect people Mm -hmm. yeah imperfect i wish everybody was safe i wish everybody was perfect wish everybody had been through the pit and back and is healed and hurt and known how to overcome and persevere but that hasn't happened right that hasn't happened in every case. So again, yeah, non-judgmental, and that's and that's why I say just be totally. I accept you for who you are, no matter what you've done, and that's the that's the cross. You know, that is everything about being a believer and being biblically uh, sound, and that is you care for anybody and everybody. You know, no matter what they've done. Now, you know, as caregivers and people helpers, we have limitations, but we have a network of people that we can refer to. Good uh, Christ-centered therapists, counselors, psychiatrists, recovery, uh, rehab places, and other things like that, you know? I was going to uh, say a long time ago, and I forgot as you as we got started here, that my brother, he was one of them... Um, I call it a functional alcoholic where he yeah. worked all day 
Yes. And he just did his thing at night. Uh, but he'd get up and work and work and work. And he was not a mechanic, self-employed. And yeah. so, uh, yep. So there's a lot of people that uh, live in a good life. They're just destroying oh, themselves slowly yeah. uh, from this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Happens all the time. You know, it's not the, per- it's not the homeless person on the street. It, it's pervasive. It is everywhere. You know, it's everywhere. And that's what I mean. You know, um, any environment that we're in, there are people that are struggling. But but you wouldn't know because they hide. Yeah. Yeah. So you wouldn't know. Yeah. So everybody. After, could- yeah. But then on the back end, after it's discovered, you're like, man, I had no idea. I had no clue. Well, of course not, because we're good at hiding. It all started in Genesis chapter three. When yeah. Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve were busted, what ha- what they do? They hid. They ran. They hid from God. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It's it's been going on for since Genesis chapter three, and people are so surprised. Oh my gosh! I don't know why they. Hello, you know, it entered in then, and because chapter two, it says specifically. Forget the chapter and verse. There was no shame, or they felt no shame. Until three, yeah. until they got busted. And then all of a sudden, shame enters in. Fear enters in. Uh, they begin to hide from God. And that that's just, so why people do it today? That's exactly why they do it today. Because the enemy wreaked havoc then when he entered in the garden. And he wreaks havoc now in good people's lives by an abundance of shame. Oh, you call yourself a Christian going to school or going to church and you worship, you serve, you're in leadership, you're in this and that. But yet what about that issue you have or that hidden addiction or that affair or this or that right back in your face? Yeah. And so naturally I'm going to do what I'm going to do what they did. I'm just, I'm not going to say anything that high because you've mentioned it. They fear judgment. They fear condemnation. Because of shame. Well, I'm here to tell you, stop hiding and start healing. Make two, make 2023 the year you are set free. Psalm 107 says, they cried out to the Lord in their troubles, and he heard their cry, and he snapped their chains. And that should be, for, for each and every one of you that might be struggling, that should be your 2023 scripture. Amen, brother. Tell it like it is. Don't hold back. <laughs> Author of the book, Craig Brown here, Stop Hiding, Start Healing. I like the, uh, at the, I have to go to this other page, get to final, the bottom reading. Discover how to be set free from the pain and shame of your past. Again, you got to forgive yourself from that past. Yeah. So that you can live a freedom, meaning, and purpose. Yeah, So Exactly. A life of meaning, freedom, purpose. Right. So, um, hey, Mr. Craig, hey, I appreciate this. Uh, I've enjoyed that uh, you and I have got to meet and and yes, uh, would like to continue on uh, meeting and talking other times. Let's do so, it. So uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, this. And Brother Phil, thank you for bringing us together. So, yes, indeed. Yep. Uh, Craig, if you want to tell people – how to get your book and mm-hmm. your website, any other program you, know, you got going on, your social media, you can take off. Yeah, I have a couple of different websites. Uh, my main website is craigdbrown.com, craigdbrown.com. And that is for my speaking engagements. And if anybody would like me to come and uh, speak, that is my main page for my uh, speaking. Um, I also have uh, StopHidingStartHealingBook.com. StopHidingStartHealingBook.com. I have a Facebook page, Stop Hiding, Start Healing. I'm also on LinkedIn. It's Craig Brown. And uh, actually, I just um, I don't have uh, the website in front of me, but I just um, produced and completed, a, uh, an online course that is a companion to my book. And I can send it. I don't know if I sent that, but I can send that to you as well. Um, but it's, um, it's a course that I, where I 
take you through every chapter of the book. Um, and it's uh, as a companion to the book. So I have we'll that. We'll make sure we get those links and uh, we'll put them in the show notes. So, yeah, I'll get that to you. Yep. All right, Craig. Uh, again, appreciate you being here. Uh, it, it's helped me to learn more about moving forward. And again, just the shame and uh, sure. of hiding and everything to uh, help me understand. So hopefully I can help somebody else later on. Absolutely. And I will be getting a, a copy of the book. So, and uh, mm-hmm. from there, all right, uh, Craig, thank you for being here. If uh, we know people are hurting and struggling today, and if you can leave us with a uh, powerful message to help them get through today, it'd be a blessing. Absolutely. Well, as we've mentioned numerous times during this show, when the pain is greater than your fear, your fear of changing, your fear of what people think about you, when your pain is greater than your fear, you are ready to change. You're ready to do whatever it takes to get well, to be healed, to be restored, anything. You're ready. And also, everything you've ever wanted in your life is on the other side of fear. Everything. And I just encourage you, I, uh, as I mentioned, Psalm 107, when you cry out for help, when you cry out to God for help, oh, he hears you. And it says he heard, the, heard your cry and he's going to snap your chains. So instead of doing it alone, instead of being isolated, instead of not wanting to share, you want to keep hiding instead of healing. When the pain's greater than your fear, you will be ready. Cry out because he's standing by to set you free. Amen. Again, also the book, Stop Hiding, Start Healing, Craig Brown. Hey, uh, be sure to get this, uh, get a copy, get it to rush orders and give someone as a Christmas gift. Not only as a Christmas gift, anytime during the day, be a great gift to help, especially someone that you love, to uh, hopefully find their way out, get this recovery started. So, Craig, thank you for being here. Yes, sir, James. Thank right. you. Great, to, yes, great to be with you. All right. God bless you. you, man. Everybody else, hey, uh, I'm Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance. Thank you for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.